So as mortgage agent, when you're like the solo individual, you know what the client journey is. You get a lead in, you call them, you assess them, you ask them for documents, you do the strategy call, you underwrite, you submit it in, right? And then, so that's your client journey. When it comes down to, you know, having a team, having your client journey written down is very, very important. So your team knows what they have to do at each and every step of the way, instead of you spending time every single day telling the team what is next on the to-do list. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Today on the show, I have Sylvia Ho. Sylvia has been in the mortgage business for 18 years. She's one of our 10 loans a month client, and uh, she came last year into our program, and she kind of been stalled at this about 50 mortgages a year for some time, and really was incredibly coachable, jumped in with both feet, made some big changes to her business and doubled her volume year over year and is on track to increase it again this year. She's doing amazing things. So it's a great conversation I have with Sylvia. Key takeaways I had from her. First, she talks about the importance of a no-go list. She actually made a list of types of clients that she couldn't serve and so she would say no to them. And it seems counterintuitive, but by saying no, she was actually created space for her to grow. Second thing she talks about is the importance of mapping a customer journey. So even though she knows what she's doing, it's all in her head, she's been doing this a long time, mapping out that customer journey and really getting crystal clear on what happens you know through the whole loan process allowed her to do the next thing which was to hire a team and be able to scale her business and so if you're sitting there listening to this and you're afraid to hire one of the first things i'd encourage you to think about is mapping your customer journey having that dialed in will allow you to be like okay i have a game plan I know what I'm going to get them to do. The customers are going to get the same experience. Often we're afraid to hire because we have control issues, as a lot of people in the mortgage business do. We're a bit of a control freak. And so we don't want to let someone else do it. But if you put it down on paper, then it allows someone else to be able to follow your recipe. So great conversation with Sylvia. Check it out and really appreciate you for checking out the show. Hey, Sylvia, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Scott. So I've been trying to get you on here for a while because you're not the kind of person who likes to do this type of thing. So thank you for taking the time. And we're going to get into your story a little bit. But tell me a little bit, how did you get into the mortgage business? Because nobody in kindergarten says, when I grow up, I want to be a mortgage broker, at least not by anybody that I've met so far. Yeah, it's funny that you asked. I was thinking about this question. And essentially, mortgage brokering fell into my lap. I actually graduated as a nurse and I was nursing at the hospital for a couple of years. My mom called me back from Ottawa. She's like, hey, Sylvia, you know what? I need help with a family business. She owned a real estate brokerage at that time. So I managed the office. And then I just went into mortgage brokering because agents had a lot of questions about mortgages. And that's how it fell in my lap 20 years ago now. So your mom actually was she an owner of a real estate office? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So real estate was in your blood. So then before we dive into your story, I love quotes. Quotes are memorable. They're portable. So do you have a quote that's had an impact on your life or business? Yes, I do. And the quote is, done is better than perfect. Okay, I've heard that one a few times. So can you give me an example of how you've applied this? So you know, <sighs> it helps fight perfectionism, obviously, but give me an example of how you've applied done is better than perfect. Oh my goodness. Okay. So done is better than perfect. And the biggest example was this past year, I've been trying to do this client journey, you know, this client journey that you've taught us that how important it is, mm -hmm. right? Well, doing it for 20 years, it's just in our head all the time. Right. And it's just so easy. We just know what to do. Right. But actually putting it on a paper, it took a really long time and I was trying to perfect it for every different angle. And I was just like, enough is enough. Let's just get it done. 
So I finally got it done December 31st, New Year's Day. I got it done. And now we're working on the automation. Right. So and giving yourself permission to be like, you can't have every single scenario like mapped out. What you need is a plan, but like things are going to happen. Right. So, yeah. OK, I'm going to come back to that in a few minutes, but that's great. Right. And then I want to ask about failure. So failure happens. Obviously, mortgage brokers, entrepreneurs, we fail. But when we look back, there's a lesson in it. So can you think of a time something you failed at and then looking back what the lesson was? Yeah, I think it's not listening to people who've done it already. So for example, if someone says, hey, Sylvia, you know what? You've been building up your business. You want to get to the next level. You could either work harder or you could hire someone. And it's just taking that leap of faith and just hiring. So for me, the failed thing was I just didn't listen early enough. And I wish I did. Right. So in terms of like with this idea of hiring, so how long did it take you to hire? And when did you make your first hire? Yes, it took me probably four years to make the decision to go to hire someone full time. I've always had someone part time. Once I jumped in with my two feet back in summer of 2019, and it was the best decision ever, even though it didn't work out very well. It was yeah. still the best decision ever because you were moving in the right direction. And then when do you think you needed to hire? So at what point now that you're looking back, you got the foresight. When do you think you would have hired knowing what you know now? I think I would have hired probably five years ago when I got to a point where my business was at a certain level and I just couldn't break the next right. level. I and just so, like, how many units was that approximately just as a, so somebody can have an idea. Mm -hmm. People always ask, like, when do you need to hire an assistant? And I don't think volume is a good measure because you could have million dollar mortgages. You could have 200,000 mm -hmm. mortgages. It's going to yeah. be a, a unit thing or like, yeah. So back in 2015, my units thing was one deal a week. So 50 some, about 50 units. Yeah, 50, 52 units a year. And were you at that for a while or was that like around that number? I was at that for like quite a few years, like three, four, five years. And I'm like, how do I get to the next level? It was very, very frustrating. Like I tried different things. I tried doing this, try to, you know, do this and hire part-time and, and make changes. But I just couldn't pass that specific threshold. Right. And it was frustrating. Yeah. Right. And then, so if you don't mind, how many units did you do in like 2020? In 2020? Oh, last year? Oh, I doubled. So like over a hundred? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting, right? Like just making that little shift of hiring. So that was a few years ago when you first hired. And so what is the single biggest change you made your business in the last 12 months? The biggest change is now I have a team of three ladies that work with me. Yeah. And how does that feel to be like, you know, have that responsibility? Because sometimes people don't want it because they're afraid I'm not trying to freak you out, but you obviously know this, but you got to pay their salaries and stuff. So how does that feel? It's scary to be responsible for someone else's livelihood. It really is. But at the same time, it's actually freed up a lot of time for me to be able to go out and do what I do best, which is talk to my clients and, you know, do strategy with them. Right. So right now having three ladies, it's just been amazing. We work so well together. And are they all full-time or part-time? How are they structured? Two full-time. So one client care full-time, one underwriter full-time, and one fulfillment on a part-time basis. Right. Okay. That's great. And then, so you're in our coaching program. So you it got introduced to us because of Cheryl Sanguinetti, actually, I think, introduced you to us. And so what was your biggest sort of takeaway that you got from going through that? From your course? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't even know if I can sum it up into one sentence, Scott. Your program has taught me so much different ways to look at things. But if I was going to say one thing, it would be to start hiring your team. 
get your right. team in place. Yeah. Like I, I think that's the biggest thing hiring your team. And the second thing is have it like, don't do list. Cause that really helps you focus your business. Okay. Actually, let me ask you about that. So we've talked about this in the past. Tell me about what's on your no go list or certain types of files you say no to. So yeah, I'm curious about that. Yeah. So it's right here. It's sitting right on a sticky note on my desk. And basically there are 10 things that I don't do any B deals. I don't do any B deals. All my clients are A clients. So anybody below a credit of 680, I won't do it. Right. Anybody with like B deals with some hair on it, co-signers, anybody who's doing a co-sign because they can't afford it, I'll tell them I'm not going to do it. Even if you have a co-signer, you'll get it done, but I won't do it because I don't believe that you should buy. New construction, non-resident stuff, construction financing. Right. So when did you put this in place, the no-go list? How long ago? Probably three to four months into your program. So maybe about a year ago. And your business has gone up. So you doubled year over year. But then, so how is your business looking this year? So you actually have just, I want people to catch this. There's fewer types of files you do and you're doing mm. more files. Is that correct? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And the files that I do are files that I love to do. Right. So, I love to do. So I'm not stressed out. I'm not like, oh my goodness, pulling my hair, trying to figure out where am I going to place this file? Right. I just tell them upfront that I'm sorry, but I specialize in this and I'm not the right person for you. Right. And that was my next question. So how do you politely tell me? So let's say I apply for a mortgage with you, Sylvia, I have a 550 beacon. And, you know, I'm like, hey, can you help me get a mortgage? I hear great things about you. How do you politely tell me no? Because people might be like, yeah, I like that idea. But how do I tell somebody no? That's what they might be thinking. So what's your polite way to do that? Yeah. Um, because so, I know you're not a jerk. So that's why I'm asking this. So it's something that I'm still working on. But basically, it's I'll do a 10-minute discovery call with them. So I will spend some time with them just to help understand their story and where they are. And then I'll give them some pointers on how to, you know, increase their beacon score depending on what their answers are and just say you know what a long time ago i decided that i wanted to specialize in this type of program or this type of client and unfortunately i'm just not the right person for you and i just don't want to give you the wrong advice just because i'm not in it every single day for you know a client with a beacon score of 550. Right. so i'm still okay. working on the finesse of it but that's essentially but, uh, honestly but you still it's instead of you know working on a file that you shouldn't you just said no and you move on from the house mm -hmm. And yeah. okay, you said something earlier about customer journey. I want to come back to that. So how important was, maybe for somebody who doesn't know what we're talking about, can you explain what do you mean by customer journey? That's my first question. My second question is, how has it helped you with your team having a customer journey? So first question is, what yeah. is it? Second is, how has it helped you with getting your team organized? Okay. So as mortgage agent, when you're like the solo individual, you know what the client journey is. You get a lead in, you call them, you assess them, you ask them for documents, you do the strategy call you underwrite, you submit it in, right? And then, so that's your client journey. When it comes down to, you know, having a team, having your client journey written down is very, very important. So your team knows what they have to do at each and every step of the way. Instead of you spending time every single day telling the team what is next on the to-do list. But yeah, client journey is basically from beginning to end, what happens. And even after the mortgage closes, the client journey continues on afterwards. Okay, this lead comes in, what happens next, what happens next, and then who does it, right? That's what you mm -hmm. really do. And then having your team, everybody can be on the same page, one recipe for every mortgage, instead of relying on your brain or hoping that they're not going to miss steps. And a lot of times what I find when I'm talking to people like yourself, who have got a lot of experience. There's actually three steps there that you just think of one. Somebody else who's not observing you would be like, wait a second, you actually did three things there that you compress them into a single because you're so quick at it. 
But unless you actually get it mapped out, they're going to miss steps or they're going to make mistakes because they don't think like you yet. They don't have the experience, right? So exactly. that's really good. Okay. And then, so what do you specialize in? So what is your favorite type of client that you like to work with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my avatar, my ideal client is a parent who has kids, parents who currently own a property that make $150,000 or more and has equity in the property. And I could help them teach them how to own just one more property. So right. it's a program that I created called Jump. Jump. Oh, that's a cool name. This is new uh, market since yeah. the last time we yeah. talked. Yeah. So Jump. Yeah. And so can you describe Jump for me in 30 seconds? Yeah. So Jump is owning just one more property, J-O-M-P. Right. Right. So, um, oh, yeah. Okay. There's an acronym yeah. there and everything. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. super yeah. cool. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's it's owning just one more property. It's just teaching clients how to, you know, refinance their place and go buy an investment property. And then the question will come down to why? Why do you want to do this? People do it for different reasons pay off their mortgage in 10 years, 15 years, you know, pay for the kids' education in full, retire with passive income. But for me, my target is specifically parents with kids because that's why I buy rental investments. So I walk the talk. Right. So you live it. Okay. That's awesome. So I'm going to ask some rapid fire questions. You can answer these with shorter answers if you like. So what is one thing people can't find out about you from Google? Yeah, I'm a huge Lego fan. Um, Actually, I, I saw that on Google though. I can't find it on Google, but I found it on Facebook because I see some it is. posts. And did you yeah. see, I recently shared, we've got like stacks of Lego, like so many thousands of dollars. And I will not get rid of it. My wife's like, you want to get rid of it? I'm like, no dice. I'm keeping no. it for when I have no. grandkids. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Keep Lego. It keeps its value and more. Well, and you actually keep them all in sets. Mine are just mostly in bins, but you know, you're at next level. So, okay. What's one movie everyone should watch at least once. <laughs> so when I saw this, I would say, let it go. The movie frozen, let it oh, go. Frozen, and, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cause there's so many, you know, just where we are in our life. We just got to let things go, not let things bother you and be yeah. who you really are. Right. That's hilarious. What's one software program or digital tool your business can't run without. Get a CRM program. Right. Which one do you use? I use Jungle right now. That Everybody. doesn't mean that, but you may not be two years from now, right? Because you're always trying to improve. Yeah, always trying to improve. But previously, I was using Pet Drive, and now I've moved over to Jungle. But it's different for everyone. So, yeah, so don't. It's, it's not prescriptive. Yeah, because we're not saying CRMs or I always or say or like trying to choose somebody's spouse. It doesn't work. Though. Okay, what's one book you recommend for our listeners? Mm-hmm. Atomic Habits. Mm, you know? That's a good one. Yeah. And then elevator pitch. So if you're in an elevator and you got the ideal client, there's a parent there with a couple of kids. What do you say to them in 30 seconds to explain what you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I teach parents how to own just one more property, how to jump into an investment property. Right. That's good. And then DeLorean question, if you could travel back in time to your first you know, days as a mortgage broker and you could give yourself three pieces of advice so that you'd have a better, more successful business today, what would you do? Mm-hmm. Start your CRM early. Make sure you know your numbers because when you know your numbers, you can evaluate things and you can make improvements and hire. Just hire. hire. Oh, yeah. It's funny. Like, this is exactly what most people that go through your sort of growth path do. And that's hilarious. Well, thank you for taking the time. I know that, uh, you know, you've got lots going on. And so it was great to have this conversation. Yeah. So if anybody's listening, where can they find you online? They go to my website, sylviaho.ca. Sylviaho.ca. Thanks so much, Sylvia. And thanks so much for checking this out. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.